Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Falcons have requested interviews, but I got my favorite already ready to roll. And so we may have cheers for the Hawks on a three-game winning streak, but maybe still jeers about everything else that's going on with the organization. And last but not least, and for the culture, Ed Reed done messed up the church's money. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to say thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Um, today's episode of ATL Day 1s is brought to you by Bet Online and T. If the folks want to find us on the bit screen, how about this? Amazon and Roku, either or, one or the other. All you got to do is type in the search box once you get there. Locked on Sports Atlanta. We will pop right up right there for you. Now, whew, the Atlanta Falcons, they, Arthur Smith talked extensively about how he wanted the Atlanta Falcons to have a wide search for their new defensive coordinator after Dean Pease retires after two yeah. seasons. He was on a contract for three. They only did two. And, and we of course, we talked about on this show about how that was, some, that was probably likely. That was probably going to go down. But, T, when you look at this list, and for those who don't know, uh, we got we're looking at Jerry Gray, who is the pass game coordinator for the Packers. He actually had a coach with Arthur Smith when he was with the uh, the Commanders and with the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Also, we got Brian Flores, who is a very popular name uh, for football reasons and for other reasons. Well, he has a lawsuit going, going um, pending lawsuit against the NFL at this moment, right as mm-hmm. we speak. And also, we have Al Holcomb who is the defense coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, who ended up taking over once Matt Rule got fired and let go. Steve Wilkes mm-hmm. said, hey, we want to get this other dude out of here. Al, come do your thing. And he did a pretty solid job uh, mm-hmm. up there in Carolina. And I, I think, T, when you think about these names, and also you have Frank Bush, the internal candidate, who's a right. strong candidate as well, does any of those names tickle your fancy, or is there somebody else that you feel like the Falcons should uh, take a look at? Yeah, actually, and I know this is probably a stab in the dark, but Sean McVay did give his staff the opportunity to pursue other roles. And don't okay. get me wrong, I'm not, this is just a wish list, guys. Jarvis okay. asked me what I wanted. He didn't ask me what was really going to happen. So I'm exactly. answering the question yeah. of what I want. That's so if I had my brothers, of course I'd want Rob back here. Raheem mm. Morris is an amazing defensive mind. And of course, I hope for Rob that he gets a head coaching job. He deserves one at this point in his career. However, you asked me what my wish list was and Raheem Mars is always going to be my wish list because remember what he was able to do with still a leaky defense when Dan Quinn got fired and we know what he was able to do in the back half of that season before moving on to the Rams. So of course I'm going to always have right at the top of any list for DC uh, <laughs> yes. for the Falcons, but I also do like Brian Flores, I know that maybe it comes with a little bit of baggage, but I also know what my beloved Steelers were able to do this season with him, not just as a linebacker coach, but also as a confidant and a voice that Mike Tomlin listened to very much so. And that defense kind of held us down in the beginning of the season uh, when the 
team was two and six, but the defense mm -hmm. was still coming along, coming along. And a lot of what happened with uh, the Steelers on the back end being seven and two, it really was the defense. And you got to give a lot of credit to the linebacker core that Brian Flores oversaw. So I like that one. I think Ryan Nelson could be a dark horse because, of course, Jerry Montano has familiarity with him. So you Indeed. can't overlook him, coupled with the fact that he'll have familiarity with the NFC South. So if the goal is to at least get out of your division next season, as far as the postseason goes, I like that as an option. But Jarvis, you know, I said it before and I'll say it again. Don't overlook Frank Bush, because we also know yeah. the growths by leaps and bounds that we have seen in the defensive coordinator space or the defensive space of the Falcons, particularly we like what the linebackers have been able to do this season. So you can't, you cannot dismiss what he was able to do and also what he was able to learn under Dean Pease the past couple of years. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and then to, and a lot of these guys have the, you know, the crossover, like you mentioned with yeah. Terry Fondo and then I mentioned Jerry Gray. And then when mm -hmm. you look at, you know, some of the with Brian Flores, he actually coached yeah. as an assistant under Dean Pease for two years. That's in exactly. New England. So, so those are some of the things that I feel like you see why these guys are being reached out to or why these guys are being sought out because hey, there's some familiarity there, familiarity there. And I that's the one thing that Terry Fonda talked about, that mm -hmm. cross crossover and 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 people that you coach with, those yes. where you, that's where you start. Like when you when it comes to these searches, I think that they're they're doing a pretty good job right. as to what trying to work that that situation out now right and Jarvis as, if I could just add this if you don't mind one of the things I would say too is yes I love the extensive search piece of it but and and you know this better than most another piece that I feel would be important is this if they're able to get that DC in place prior to uh their trip to Indianapolis for what we affectionately call the underwear Olympics but <laughs> the combine <laughs> yes. and they're able to have that person in place to sort of help with that evaluation and scouting process I think that'll be key as well because hey we know a Brian Flores a Ryan Nelson or really anybody that you have on this list has been able to work with linebackers who know what to do but I also say they've seen those good D, D linemen like a Cam Hayward or they've seen those edge rushers like a TJ Watt so they know what to look for in terms of who, as we always like to say on this show, who gonna bring some hell for Grady? They know what, yeah, they know what excellence looks like as far as uh, what that defensive lineman or that edge rusher, what the front looks like. They know it. So I do believe also if they can have those guys in advance of the combine, that would help so that when we come to the draft point and we go all defense, all defense, all defense, maybe one O lineman, they'll know what they're looking for. See how she repeated herself? That means it that means you need to pay attention as well. So if you're vying for or wanting wide receivers and stuff, listen to T. She knows what the hell she's talking about. Thank you very much. All right. Now, um, I think out of those guys, I, I really like Brian Flores. I really mm -hmm. think that he can be a, a, a solid addition to this coaching staff. And another guy that was denied, they were they were denied um, uh, uh, the the option to talk to him or speak with him is Ajiro Avero out of Denver because we all know what a poop show it was out there in Denver T. And this man was still out there coaching and, and having this defense yeah. keep them in games yeah. when their offense could barely yeah. score twelve points. So exactly. uh, for mm. the what the job that he did and that and the, the rumor is is that you know he turned down the, the opportunity to be the interim head coach and, and it looked like he wants out but Denver is trying to you know keep him keep him around for some reason because they said it would be a lateral move but I, I think that you know if that situation work, works itself out to where mm -hmm. 
Now, he's up for head coaching spots as well, so that's another piece to take a look at. And Brian Flores as well. He will be inter- interviewing with the Arizona Cardinals. So those are some of the, couple of things to keep keep an eye on. As you know, those guys are valuable if they're getting head coaching uh, opportunity uh, interviews as well. So Falcons got a nice little list right there. I'll be interested mm-hmm. to see what that final result will be. Now, as far as this Saturday, the Georgia Bulldogs, they were celebrating the back-to-back national championships, and a lot of people were complaining about how Stetson Bennett felt was was acting and being on his phone and all this all this stuff right here going on. But I think the the not I think the main thing that happened that really devastated the city of Athens was was the young um, the group of people that got into an accident, and Devin Willock and Chandler Lacroix um, lost their lives in a single vehicle crash in Athens. Around about 2.45 that morning. And they, um, from my understanding, T, that one of, uh, uh, I think it was Chandler, who who fell asleep at the wheel and ended up running off the road and mm-hmm. getting um, a couple of trees and stuff like that and power, yeah. power lines and everything. So they they did not make it, T. But this is, when you're talking about just going from an extreme high to extreme low, and I think this yeah. is a prime example of it. It is. It really, really is. And Travis, before we go into the real tragedy, I also Mm. want to point out a tragedy of sorts. Mm. I want everybody to leave Stetson Bennett alone because, yeah, there will be time, right? If he makes it to the NFL for him to get proper etiquette and have a PR team behind him to tell him what to say and how to act. Listen, You may say, oh, he's 25, but he is still, at the end of the day, a college quarterback who has done things that have never been seen before by that Georgia program. So to me, it's a sad commentary that people are all in their feelings about him being on his phone or the things he said or even the T-shirt he wore. Get real. Get real. Let that kid enjoy his moment because this might be his final moment. We don't know if he's going to make it to the NFL. So I have no problems with what he did as long as he wasn't out there you know, spouting expletives or racist commentary or anything like that. Enjoy yourself because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I just wanted to kind of say that just because I feel like, man, don't we have other things that are important to pay attention to? Right. But on a more serious note, yes, man, what a devastating piece. Because of course we were all waking up the next morning, hoping to revel in what had just happened in Athens the night before. And all of a sudden, I know Jarvis, you and so many of us saw our phones just blowing up, just tweet after tweet after tweet. And all you saw was names, Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix. And something just told you that it wasn't good. It wasn't that you were seeing these names for good. And unfortunately, we got the news that they lost their lives. And, you know, one thing I want to say as well for both uh, Tori and Warren, you know, prayers up for them because survivor's remorse is real. No doubt. No doubt about it. In addition to them possibly wondering for the rest of their lives why they made it and why the other two didn't, I know how personally impactful that is because my god brother, who's also a cousin, passed away. Uh, But before he passed away, it took him decades to get past that because the same situation happened. His cousin on his other side of the family, they were driving, four of them in the car. The two in the back survived, my cousin being one of them. The two in the front mm-hmm. did not. It is a yes. very, very long road for those who survive. So keep your prayers up for both Warren and Tori um, in this situation that they come out with no issues uh, as far as the physical piece and that you know they'll find a, a space and a place of uh, healing uh, professionally, uh, personally, and, and mentally and spiritually as well. That said, 
man, Jarvis, you hate it because you see so much promise and so much positivity in both of them. People who yes. cross their paths have nothing but beautiful things to say about them. So I just hate it. And whether they were good people or bad people, that doesn't even matter. It just makes True. it that much tougher when you know that these are individuals who brought so much love and light to that program in certain spaces. So yeah, you know, just a tough tragedy. And the one thing I will say is this, even before this tragedy, the dogs always talked about it being a family down there in Athens. So yeah. my hope and my encouragement is in the fact that they already saw themselves as family. I feel like they're just going to wrap their arms around one another and they're going to be that much tighter to make sure that they're able to get through this tragedy the right way. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it's all about, because like situations like these is what help you put things in perspective. Right. Because a lot of times like you, like people always talk about learning from other people's situations. And it's unfortunate that we have to learn from people, you know, mm -hmm. leaving this earth, you know what I mean? But right. I, I think that it even got me to thinking, and I even had a conversation with a couple of my homeboys. We was like, man, dude, think about all the times that we were riding, right. <laughs> riding up early in the morning, yeah. you know, God knows, not to say that this was going with them, but for me personally, like, you know, under the influence or, coming from a, a partying all night and all that stuff and, and right. jumping in the car and driving, mm -hmm. trying to make it home and stuff. And it's just like, man, yeah. but we're still here, you know? So, but it, yeah. so it helps you kind of like, look at it thing like, okay, like tomorrow's not promised. Like no. it's not promised to no. anybody. So, right. And, and like you said, what, what we will do and continue to do is just make, definitely keep all the Georgia Bulldog uh, nation in our prayers, because like, this is, this is something like, like you said, when you were celebrating, coming off of just being on such a high with back-to-back yeah. -back national championships and being on the, the national stage and then you're on the national stage for something like this. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, all the fam all the prayers to all the family and every, each and every person involved mm -hmm. in this particular situation to all the family, LaCroix and the Willock family as yes. well. Yes, absolutely. So I think one of the things that I wanted you guys to do, make sure you guys check out betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your betting needs and sports information from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. Go there and they will have you set up there ready to go. We know it's, we're in January right now. We know March Madness is getting ready. It's right around the corner. So you need to get on your college basketball teams and see what's out there for you. What team you need to take a look at? What team you need to focus in on as you get ready to try to win some money? Because that's what it's all about, right? Because Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. Now, you guys come to us each and every day for all your ATL sports needs. Go to Bet Online for all your sports betting information because they have podcasts there waiting right there just for you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to head to the website today or use your mobile device or learn about the trends and action because bet online is where the game starts. So Jarvis, it has finally happened again. The Hawks are on a three game winning streak. They beat the Pacers in Indiana, beat the Raptors, which they hadn't done in about six or seven years in Toronto. And of course they beat the heat here at home Monday night. And really Jarvis, if you look back, it's really four out of the last five and it could have been five straight because yeah. they beat the Clippers in LA to wrap up their road trip two and two. And they got that close to beating the bucks as well. So yeah. here's the thing. We always brace ourselves as the media who covers the Hawks and as the fan base who supports the Hawks 
on whether or not we think that they are turning the curve. So let's start there. Do you think that this is an indication that the Hawks are turning the corner? And keep this in mind, JB, keep this in mind. Next couple of games to wrap up January Mm -hmm. at Mavericks, host Knicks, host Hornets, at Bulls, at Thunder, host Clippers, at Blazers. Just keep all that in mind before you answer that question. <laughs> okay. All right. So, and isn't it ironic that they are going out to play the Dallas Mavericks after all these reports of Trey Young potentially being traded and not about to get ready to go play the dude that he was traded for initially? You know, it's, ah, ah. But anyway, <laughs> I know we're probably going to touch on that just in a little bit. But to answer your question, I think that I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm going to be as, as probably as realistic as I possibly can with this team because, like I said, I've, I've, I've I said I was done with this team, and a lot of people took that literally like, hey, I can't be done with the team. I got to watch the doggone team. I got to be right. able to talk about them. You know what right. I'm saying? So I ain't going to do y'all like that. I wouldn't do y'all like that. I would, that would be a disservice to you all as sure. like those sports and family. Now, I don't, I don't mess with family. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't do that to y'all. But I, I think that it's going to take for me to see a little bit more of what we've been seeing, right? Like what we've been seeing is Trey Young being, he was been very, very good lately shooting from, from behind a three point arc because like he said, to start the season, he wasn't, it wasn't doing well. When you're talking about 20 shooting 28%, it was probably his worst shooting year from behind the arc uh, in his entire career. So, Indeed, that's coming around. Even his defensive prowess is starting to come around. Just being active and and, and yeah. getting in passing lanes and all that stuff, and and getting joining the party, right? Because we know d- what Dejounte Murray brings to the squad defensively, and you know, uh, they and brought him out of the depths of the NBA as far as mm-hmm. being one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. So right. now, they, now they're kind of hovering around 15, 16, right there, right in the middle of the pack, right? That's all we ask for when, you, when we're talking about being one of the best offensive teams last year mm-hmm. and coming into this year. So I I, I need to see more. I, yeah. I, I think that's my answer. I, I need to see more because I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not going to jump back in on this bandwagon T. I'm not going to yeah. do it to myself because Hey, this team has been up and down like the doggone stock market more so mm-hmm. down. Um, and, and then when you have all this drama going on off the yeah. court, it just adds to that, right? It just it just compounds each other, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I am right now. So I'm 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 a little excited, but I'm I'm holding it way down in the deeps of the the, the draws and gut of my soul, T, and, uh, until I see more. I gotta see more. Yeah. And I tend to agree with you. We are just being cautious, cautiously optimistic because it's a small sample size. I mean, we're talking about four of the last five games. We're talking about three straight. And granted, these are all quality teams. So that's a good look. And even the loss you took to the Bucs, still a quality team that you almost beat. So I do respect that, but I agree with you. I think one of the biggest tests will come Wednesday when they're at the Dallas Mavericks, one of the better teams, one of the teams that's playing their A game in the league this season, you know, it's always an issue, a challenge, <laughs> drama when it comes to the Knicks. We just don't yeah. quite know. Exactly. Yeah. And so you look at the rest of the schedule and you have a lot of games that will allow them to go on a run and really, really get back into this thing. But again, you really just don't know what the impact is going to be to all of the things that are swirling. I mean, Jarvis, it seems like we, as ATL day ones, 
And as a Locked On Sports Atlanta family, hear something from our sources, a different story every day, a different take, a different angle, more information yeah. on the angles that have been shared. And then, of course, we have our other colleagues who are in the market who are sharing the same thing. And then you've got national reporters coming in. So we have said for quite some time that where there's smoke, there's fire. And it took a minute for the fire to start showing itself, but it is hot like fire, like hot down there at State Farm Arena. So yes, it's great to be four, win four out of the last five. Yes, it's great to win three straight, but let's just be real about this thing. At the end of the day, we're still talking about a team that essentially is 19 and 22. So mm -hmm. there's still a ways to go, right? Um, right. And when you look at the standings, you're still talking about a team that is, um, where are we now? And, you know, I have to look because it changes seemingly every single day. So but they're, they're still in ninth place. And ninth place, yeah. mm -hmm. by the way, they, they have gotten back to 500. So I, I do want to give them their credit for that. Yes. But they're in ninth place right now. So you still have to ask the question of how do we get here? How do we get past this? And real talk, you got dirty laundry that's still unfolding and stories and drama and friction that's still developing. And you got to ask yourself the question, how do we get here? And can the Hawks fight their way out of it with all of this stuff still swirling? I think that the guy that I mentioned earlier, DeJounte Murray, is if the if you're gonna lean on somebody, if it's if I can pick one person that you mm -hmm. could possibly lean on to to kind of like navigate this team through this. And he probably didn't ask for this. He didn't ask to probably be a leader, but I think that we kind of deemed him the leader um, yeah. early on in the season when the Hawks were actually looking like a team that could potentially contend in the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. But now, when you're talking about dealing with all the drama, and I yeah. think that I think Dejounte kind of put it put it in, in in the best way he possibly could without saying mm -hmm. coming out of being straight, really right. straight up and keeping yeah. it funky. <laughs> you know, he said, I'm just trying to find my way in, in Atlanta, like in mm -hmm. ATL. I'm like, yeah. you know, so I think that when you think about that, like, hey, he didn't come here expecting all this drama. The dude came from the San Antonio Spurs right. where there ain't no drama off. Even if it is nope. drama, it ain't no drama off the court. Like, nope. it is. Lips are sealed out there in San Antonio. Indeed. Uh, that's the one thing that you have to kind of respect about that organization. But mm -hmm. coming into here and having to deal with this, and I think yeah. that since this Sam Amick report came out, like mm -hmm. these guys on the three-game win streak. So I think that if I'm going to lean in a certain way or lean towards uh, one player, it's going to have to be DeJounte Murray because I yeah. think that he has the mental fortitude to kind of deal with this. I can't pin on JC because he got seven million trade scenarios going on in his head, yeah. and he's still trying to figure find his way. Mm -hmm. Trey is, is finally starting to play, um, play well offensively, so – I think that if Trey plays well, like it's more than likely the team's gonna have a chance to win. And they more likely gonna have a chance to, to win the game in the fourth yeah. quarter. So I'm not I and his leadership skills are still questionable in my mind, mm -hmm. or probable, if I can use the injury designation um yes. in, in that particular moment. so right now I'm just gonna lean towards DeJounte Murray mm -hmm. being that guy to get these guys through this. And he's if he's able to do this. With the teams that you just listed, as far as mm -hmm. the upcoming schedule, yeah, 
the Hawks have a chance to turn this thing around as we yeah. get ready to head up against the trade deadline on February 9th. <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> to <that>. me, yeah. <laughs> to me, you just hit the nail on the head of what gives me a little bit of pause. We know how we got here. We got yeah. here because, let's just be real, the friction between Trey Young and Nate McMillan Right. The inability for the backcourt of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray to really kind of figure out how they coexist together. Yeah. And somebody said this yesterday, and I chuckled because I don't agree, but they said they're the same player. No, they're not. They have a lot of similarities in their offensive game, maybe, kind of, sort of. But no, they're not even close to the same player. DeJounte Murray can play both one and the one and the two. Yeah. DJ can. So, but I still feel like it was one of those situations where – yeah, they looked like they melded initially, but maybe it was, we called it too soon. Maybe yeah. they hadn't melded as much as we thought they had in terms of what do you do when the chips are down? Who then takes over and who takes the lead in the locker room and on the court? So I think that is still a work in progress that is finally maybe starting to flesh itself out because maybe they're having some real conversations. Like, man, yeah. look, I came here for X, Y, Z. I'm just here to do X, Y, Z. How can we make this better? I'm waiting for that revelation to come out, that that's a part of maybe how this win streak started to to play itself out. I think the other piece is this. A couple of things have to happen. JC did, according to a recent report, um, he's approved to request a trade. Yeah, yeah. It's so I think yeah. that mm -hmm. piece is another layer that had not been reported in previous trade conversations. So I think we're actually closer than we think we are to a trade there. What I would like to see them do, should they get rid of J JC or let him move on, is bring in a veteran who can also stabilize the team. Because as much as it's great that DJ and Trey are finally melding and figuring it out, they're still the missing piece. And I'm going to keep saying this until it's addressed. You got no Vince Carter, you got no Lou Williams, and they were the stabilizing forces in that locker room that even when the Hawks swooned last season, Lou was a part of helping them on the court and off the court to get it back right. I still think they're missing that person. Right. So I feel like you need to get that person either in two spaces, either if you let JC move on or if you go out and get yourself a sniper to help out with some of their three-point woes. They're getting better, but they still yeah. may need one other sniper, and I think that's going to be important. Also, Jarvis? how maybe a Kyle Korver or somebody can address the unrest that is going on in that front office. Because the more you hear about it, maybe it doesn't seem like it affects the players and maybe it doesn't, but essentially where it'll affect you is if you don't make the right move at the trade deadline yeah. is if you don't make the right move in the draft, if you don't make the right move in moves in free agency. So you may have to think about it as long, you know, bigger picture, but I still think, Jarvis, with uh, some of those issues there, that's a question. Now, let me ask you this before we wrap up our Hawks talk. Speaking of that, now you have Kyle Korver, who's officially been announced as the assistant GM. Half the world is okay with it. Half the world is not. My question is this. What are your thoughts on how Kyle Korver can do two things, if you believe he can? Number one, balance out things in a very seemingly unsettled front office, but also help to balance things out within that locker room? Wow. Uh, that's a good question. And to be honest with you, the former, uh, as far as the front office, I don't think he can. I, I just don't. I don't I don't think he can because I don't think he has enough cachet. 
I don't think he has, you know, the the necessary resume mm -hmm. that that takes when you're talking about conversations and and pounding the table for certain players or hey, I'm trying to get see if we can um yeah. tap, I'm calling I'm picking up the phone trying to call this person. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I think Landry Fields kind of has that that cachet and let's keep it yeah. let's keep it funky. Let's mm -hmm. keep it a buck. Nick Wrestler does too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so what's what's Kyle Corver's relationship with Nick Wrestler? We haven't heard anything about that because we know that right. uh, Sam Amick reported that uh, a lot of executives around the league wholeheartedly believe that mm -hmm. this dude is making the big boy decision. Yep. Nick Wrestler, that is. So exactly. you have those reports being out there. I don't think an assistant general manager who is getting his first stab at being in that front office, mm -hmm. I don't think he, he he's not pulling any weight like that. I don't believe it. So but I think, however, I do think that he can help in that locker room piece because he's been in that locker room and those guys understand that he's been in that locker room and they know what type of guy he is. Mm -hmm. So from that standpoint, from that piece, that's I feel like that's where he's going to earn his money. So he's going to yeah. earn his check being in the locker room, making sure he's establishing rapport with all of the guys in the locker room, having conversations, backdoor conversations about how they feel about the locker room. Who yep. Who do they feel? Who do they like? Who they don't like? Hey, let's have a meeting. Like, let's let's go and hash this bad boy out because we need to do whatever we need to do to start getting some dubs. Because at the end of the day, yeah. that's what, all that matters. Or yes. everybody gonna be up out of here except for yes, rest, of course. They ain't gonna fire us. Indeed, and I, I think <laughs> I, I tend to agree. Kyle Corver could be a stabilizing force because at least he's somebody who's thoughtful, right? He's right. a very cerebral former player. And yeah, he may not have all of the experience on his resume per se, as far as front office dealings, but I do think that he may be a stabilizing force of some sort. But I also right. agree with you. The bottom line is that in order for the Hawks organization to be seen in a respectful manner, for players to be like, oh, wow, they have everything together in the front office, which means they probably going to have it together on the sidelines and on the basketball court is Landry Fields has, has to assert his authority as the GM. He basically yeah. has to say, I'm the GM. I'm where the final decision rests. Yes, we can be a collaborative team here, Kyle, Nick. Yeah. That's it. The other piece there is this. I think that at the end of the day, Kyle Corver is probably in that front office because he can be a liaison. So yeah. he can tell you yeah. what's really going on in that locker room. Perfect and word. You can yeah. make decisions accordingly. So I like that hire for those two reasons alone. But we shall see because, hey, the Hawks are going to get their first test after this streak and going back into a positive space when they take on the Mavericks tomorrow night. And if you want to hear all about it, you know where to go. Check on Locked On Sports today because they've got all the reaction, not just to what's going on in the NBA with the Hawks, but also the Cray Cray NFL postseason. It has been so <laughs> crazily exciting, and I know they have thoughts on what we saw in Tampa last night. So don't forget to check them out after you check out ATL Day Ones. You can check them out on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you download your podcast. And hey, you know, we're about to take you into For the Culture, right? They've got their own version. It's called Take of the Day. So again, don't forget to check out Locked On Sports today. Locked On Sports Atlanta family. How about this? We are on our way to 6,000 subscribers yeah. on Locked On Sports Atlanta YouTube channel. If you have not liked or subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go there. Put in the search box, Locked On Sports Atlanta, and we'll pop right up. And you get all this goodness each and every day. Now, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. I talked about how Ed Reed don't mess up the church's money. 
he also has ruined his chances to uh, marry uh, Tanisha Batiste. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll explain that on another show. We won't have time for that today, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But Ed Reed, T, just recently hired <clears throat> uh, as, as the head coach for the Bethune-Cookman football team. And he also found out, and he went on a tirade. And we also found out that he hasn't have a contract yet, so it might, you know, not help that the, the AD is the, the basketball coach, Reggie Theus. So, you know, that might be a reason why it might be delayed at this point. But he was out there cleaning up and everything on the video. He was on live. And he just 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 start spraying profanities everywhere to you about the or about the HBCU as a whole and how he agrees with Prime. And it was just, he was just airing it all out. So we talk about the Hawks airing out their dirty laundry. <laughs> Dog on Ed Reed aired it all out on social media. What in the world is wrong with this cat? This is why you need a, not, not necessarily Tanitra, but this is why you need a Tanitra type person in your life. Because you right. want to have this conversation with your PR person before you go on each and every outlet. Because oh life is different. You're not, you're no longer Ed Reed, the safety who wreaked havoc in the NFL for the Ravens and Texans. You're right. no longer the Ed Reed who is just the Hall of Famer and can stand up at the podium for 17 minutes and say what the heck he wants to say. You are the leader of a football program. Right. And so your words resonate not just across BCC and what they're doing, but it resonates across all of black college football. And it really resonates across sportsdom overall because the world is paying attention to you because you're Ed Reed. So you got to remember that. The other thing is this, as a PSA to you, just like black folk aren't monolithic, nor are HBCUs. So yes, some of them have more challenges than others, but name me a PWI that doesn't have more challenges than others. And for you guys who want to know, that is a predominantly white institution versus a historically backed college or university, right? So- Let's not act like all of the HBCUs are in the same boat because I sure know we aren't. Yeah. We, we've been in the black and we stay in the black. Okay. Absolutely. We don't have issues at Xavier university of Louisiana. That said, yeah. Yeah. I need to remind you, Ed Reed, to make sure you do your research because if BCC is in trouble financially or you have all of these other issues that you think they have, I suggest you do the research and find out how they got there because maybe those people are gone and you and Reggie Theus are part of a new wave who's going to help to set them straight. So why not be the solution versus focusing on and communicating about what you conceive to be the problem yeah or personally yeah can i can i add to that t to add to this like you know i'm, I'm like the little brother i'm like the, the little big brother right now and, and another thing like dude like you talking about you agree with prime right like that's the thing that stood out to me the most sure i agree with prime but think about when it comes to agreeing with prime like you got to put in that work that prime put in now i know people may disagree or agree about the length of time that he put in at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for that. Right. I'm here about what he did when he first came in. Yes. And, and, and the work that he put in and the dedication that he put in from the from the jump because he knew what he was getting himself into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on now, Ed. Like, you didn't know what you were getting yourself into? Or or, or were you just kind of glamour with the, the idea of, yeah, I'm going to do what Prime did? 
Right. So, and that's probably why your butt dog only invoked his name in your dog on tirade. So Hello. guess what? Here, here's a here, here, here bottom line, Ed. Here's what I need you to do. I needed you to just put in some work first. Yes, sir. And, and, and attack that bad boy like you did your pro your in a, your uh football career. Mm-hmm. Attack it the same mm-hmm. way, the same effort and yeah. energy that you put into make it to the NFL and being the greatest, one of the greatest safety, if not the greatest that, safety right. of all time. That same effort and energy that you put into that, you need to put the same damn energy that you put into this this organization, this HBCU, and the entire culture. Because, dude, if you mess up or you start talking out talking out the side of your neck, people gonna come for you, dude. Like this this is real. Like if you if you coming up in here, you know exactly what you're getting into, and you better come in here ready to work, man. I know you can do it. Ooh, come on. And- and I'm just going to co-sign on the co-sign and read some more research that Jarvis just dropped. Go figure out what we mean when we say talking out inside of your neck. Done. Ooh, and for those of you uh, who t- t- make ATO Day 1s your first listen today, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. They got each and everything that you are looking for when it comes to the national news. They might be talking about Ed Reed as well. How about this? You can find it wherever you find this podcast. And and make sure at the end of the day, guys, if you don't do anything else, make sure you show love, share love, and most importantly, spread love.